Thank you so much to our new patrons, Alex Mucci, Craig the NF, T, and Sean. Folks, you are the carrot-shaped icing on our carrot cake. To support Book Reviews Kill and gain access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, and monthly giveaways, please click on the link in the description for this episode. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, Dune Part 2 has been given a release date of November 3rd, 2023. The sequel will cover the second half of Frank Herbert's 1965 novel Dune, with Paul Atreides uniting the Fremen to free Arrakis from House Harkonnen. Also, Christopher Walken is playing Emperor Shaddam IV. No which, way. Yeah, so that's that's a reason to go see it, other than all the other amazing reasons to go see that amazing movie. That movie... It's so good. <laughs> rocked. Yeah, like, it was, <laughs> it was on the same level as Mad Max, and that movie was amazing. Yeah, uh, I saw Mad Max in theaters twice. Uh, really? Wow. Well, yeah, I saw it once um, like in its normal version that everybody saw it in. And then at the Hollywood Theater down the street from my house, they were doing the Chrome edition of it. Chrome edition? It was all in black and white. And it what? looked so good. It looked like, I don't, they, they got the contrast just perfect with it. And it looks amazing in black and white. And it lent like this whole kind of classic movie vibe to the whole wow. thing. That movie is wild. Well, in color, there's really only like sky and sand and like yeah. fire. So it's like really not that many different colors. It's different colors, just not that many more colors, you know? Yeah, that's a really good comparison, actually. Dune is just about, yeah, it's like right up there with Mad Max Fury Road, for yeah, sure. I mean, I've watched that. It's my roommate's favorite movie. And it's just, it's so good. It's yeah. fun. The Every minute, every minute is fun. And Tom Hardy kills, and I love Tom Hardy, and he has two lines in the whole movie, you know? That <laughs> he just grunts. Grunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Dune in theaters, um, because the sound design is where it's at with those movies. Any Dude. any Denny Villeneuve movie has fantastic sound design. And not only that, but their ability to show scale was so impressive. Like, everything in that movie, they, they showed huge things. And it was just, like, so, like, like awe-inspiring. You're like, whoa. Yep, I'll be there the day that it opens up. And oh, November twenty yeah. third. That's like right around the corner. I mean it's a year oh, from man. now, but I mean a year is Oh man. <laughs> November third, not the twenty third, November third, twenty twenty three. I know I kind of mistyped that in my notes here and I had to make sure to fix it because it's you know, it's not coming out in three oh, okay. weeks, everybody. So it's coming out in a year. Yeah. So like four corners. right around four corners right around four corners man i'm really looking forward to that and we ended the last movie on an awesome place of like what's gonna happen yeah that was a good spot to end it for sure Mm -hmm. and additionally not as happy news of course uh actor robbie coltrane famous for his role as hagrid in the harry potter film adaptations has died at 72 Coltrane delivered a titanic performance as the Haggard we all know and love, and in a statement we can all agree with, his agent Belinda Wright said, quote, As well as being a wonderful actor, he was forensically intelligent and brilliantly witty. And there's another quote of his that got me right in the chest, and it's, The legacy of these movies is, I suspect, that my children's generation will show them to their children. So you could be watching it in 50 years' time. Easy. I won't be here, sadly, but Hagrid will. Ooh, that's pretty touching. It's super true. Yeah, everyone's going to be watching those movies. I mean, 
like and Hagrid, Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid in those movies is perfect. It, mm-hmm. It's just he is Hagrid. Yeah, like when I read Dumbledore or when I read the books, I don't replace Dumbledore with one of the actors. He's my own Dumbledore. But Hagrid is the Hagrid in the movie. It's it's Robbie Coltrane. Yep, it's Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, he will forever be. He has a legacy. It's like how Alan Rickman is Snape. Yes, yes. And Harry. Well, I, I picture Harry way differently than Daniel Radcliffe. He's kind of just in my head as Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Which it's hard to replace. Harry for me is like way lanky and like with a really thin face and like his hair is like completely messed up all the time. You know, like that's the <laughs> description. But anyway, yeah, Robbie Coltrane, you will definitely be very, very missed. Uh, apparently, he really helped the kids on the set of Harry Potter kind of deal with how famous they were. I guess he was oh. like a source of comfort for a few of them and like talked them through it because he was pretty famous at that point. You know, they had a lot of really famous actors in those movies, but Robbie Coltrane, people knew, knew who that was. At least in England. Mm-hmm. That would be very difficult. Those kids were young when they started those. And can you imagine? Like, I would sometimes think about just how hard it would be to be, you know, like 13 going through high school and also have social media be a thing. Yeah. Now add in the fact that you are world famous and you're you're part of a movie series that is so much bigger than yourself. It would just be it would be hard to navigate those waters. You'd need a, a good guidance counselor. Yeah, right? And then like a warm presence like Robbie Coltrane, I'm sure. Yeah, and like how could you not feel safe with him around, you know? <laughs> He's so cool. He kind of exudes <laughs> safety. Yeah, right? That's probably why they cast him as Hagrid. That'll be the news for the week wrapped up. How's your week been, Chad? What have you been up to? Man, it has been a busy but fun and productive week. I am very close to, drum roll releasing some merch for book reviews kill we have merchandise rolling out everybody i own uh don't type this into your browser uh yet because you won't get anywhere but uh evan and i officially do own bookreviewskill.com yeah we'll have like uh t-shirts obviously and all kinds of different variations and colors we're gonna have coffee mugs tote bags it's gonna be great bunch of bookish stuff Bookish stuff. I might be like trying to talk book darts into getting us some branded uh, darts on there as well, which, as everyone knows, if you've heard me talk for more than 20 minutes, I just have uh, I'm a shameless producer of the book dart. And the people there are really nice and they live like right over, actually, really close to you, open, uh, they're like right on the other side of the Cascades is where the company was founded. Oh, cool. Yeah, I looked up their patent and it was filed here in Oregon. And I was like, oh, cool. And so I reached out to him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for merch. I'm going to get a couple things myself and probably rep them on my TikTok page and everything. I'm going to get a black shirt. and It's going to be crazy have, seeing you wear a black shirt with a logo with on writing it. writing on it, yeah. Um, I've also been doing a little bit of reading, of course. We've been um, reading Book Years, which we're going to do an episode on, so I won't diatribe about it now. But it's just unique and fun and a really good October read. Yeah, it's a perfect October read. You liking it so far? It's so good. I'm almost done with it. Oh, cool. Um, cool. You're way further than I am. I don't know where that idea came from. The idea of sustaining yourself on books and then remembering the knowledge that was in those books that you've yeah. eaten over the years. And if you eat too many books, it makes you go crazy. And it's just, ah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's so, it's so cool, man. And the, the world building is so like tight. It's all in this like little 300 page book, which is deceptively mm-hmm. long. Actually, there's a lot of words on those pages. The, yes, the font is, is real. I, when I picked it up, I was like, ah, 300 pages. We'll knock this out really quickly. Yeah. No, two days, there, baby. <laughs> there are a lot of words in that book. Like if you condense that down into a, like a normal like mass market paperback or something and just like kind of 
bigger font on it. It'd be longer than that. Anyway, It'd be way longer than that. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, I've also been uh, slowly just just waltzing my way through a quart of frosted starlight. It's been uh, just easy. It's a fun little jaunt. So I haven't been rushing, just enjoying it. You know, it's kind of like I needed a little like palate cleanser that from Akatar series that is Akatar series, and it's just a perfect like Sarah J. Moss like nailed that. It should be. It should be there. Yeah, it should be there. Yeah, 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 we needed it. The series like is very much benefited with the addition of that. That book is kind of like if your family got together for Christmas and everybody got a little too drunk and started arguing with each other. You know, that's kind of the vibe Mm -hmm. of that. It's like, well, this this is really great. I'm so happy everybody's here, but like, could everybody just chill out for a second? Like, man, you need a cigarette or something. Like, yeah, (laughs) like let's just like all take a little. There's just so much like history around this holiday. You know, I kind of like that. You know, yeah, totally. It's just it's what would happen. Yeah, it is. Real relationships have problems yeah. and they have to work hard to overcome them and i think that's really cool you know i think i even mentioned in a previous podcast like some of the relationships are too perfect you know and this was kind of like the solution to that and i, I really like it it's a good book yeah and then of course i've been topping my evenings off with uh the second one of the lost years of merlin which is the seven songs of merlin and man if you haven't read those books and you just want a nice little fun palette cleanser go read them they're so so good yeah you've got mine and chad's like head nod there like definitely go do we should try to get ta baron on here that'd be fun oh man that'd be I bet, really i'm fun. friends I'm with him on tiktok out. are you really wow yeah i bet if i yeah i bet he'd come on it's so much fun to talk too. to he seems like a really nice guy yeah man it would be like a that'd be really cool to talk to him i would like mm-hmm. that a lot i've been uh i've been also watching some really i'm like excited to make some recommendations here i'm gonna get the non-recommendation one out of the way which is i watched half of the hobbit the other morning weirdly <laughs> That's your non-recommendation well i mean everyone knows they should and they probably yeah. have, but yeah. I, I've always, I love the Lord of the Rings so much that I always like watch them. Yeah. And I, it's been, I think I've probably only seen the Hobbit like twice. And so when I was watching the first one, I was like, man, I'm like kind of watching this again for the first time. Like, I don't remember what is coming next. And it's, it's better than I remember it being. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, very good. I'm like singing along to the dwarves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that that first song that they sing that they kind of reprise over and over again throughout those three movies. That's a really good song. I mean, they're kind of bloated, but it's the same gooiness. You're getting it. It's the same. Oh, yeah, it's, those are Peter Jackson Middle Earth movies. Martin Freeman as Bilbo is fantastic. fantastic. Like, he does such a good job. Yeah, Ian McKellen kind of in it. looks like the older Bilbo too. Ian Holm, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When they, because it's like very quickly you go from like old to young, and it's like, yeah, no, that works. Totally believe it. Looks like, you know, sometimes the actors are just like, that guy wouldn't become that guy. No, he totally looks like him. Yeah. And he does a really good job. Um, I mean, I think the guy that they got to play Thorin, I wasn't super sold on him at first, but he really grew on me. That's the same same voice. uh, That's the same guy that does the voice of Trevor Belmont in the Castlevania show. Really? Yeah. Like, go wow. rewatch that. Yeah. Like, I love Castlevania. Oh, it's a and really Trevor good show. Uh, Belmont is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, that's Thorin Oakenshield. That's his voice. Really? I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah. Man, that is a cool fun man. You just take away my fun fact, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it's like yeah. awesome. You think you're gonna keep watching the movies, or was that just kind of like a you threw it on and then? Oh, I'm gonna finish them. Yeah, one of my buddies came over and we we're like, "What do you want to do?" We had like a couple hours, and uh, like let's just like chill and chat. And watch some of that movie, and some it was of great. Yeah, yeah. the The first one's solid enough. Uh, the second one, 
the second one like the first part of the second one is pretty good and then the ending is just like a mess it's a yeah, i don't even I remember know. the ending it's, being kind of a whack job yeah like when I, I saw all three of them in theaters and i remember seeing the second one in theaters was the one where i was like let's wrap this up like i don't want to see any more mm-hmm. of this it's just such a disaster uh, it's it's really cool to look at i guess but it's, it's just very pretty it's like the dragon so like chaotic. falls into like molten gold and it's just yeah. like such a mess. The third one's pretty good though. It's the shortest one, Battle of the Five Armies. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's solid. And like having Kate Austin, who I might have a little bit of a crush on ever since she was in Lost, uh, be an elf was like a dream tutorial. Yeah. Oh man. Whew. Be still my beating heart. Uh, okay. Two movies here. Y'all got to see. So I do a thing uh, with one of my uh, very, very good friends, Dylan every year and his beautiful wife alicia where we do spooktober where every weekend we get together and we watch a scary movie Uh, my roommate sam typically joins us as well and this last week we started it off so high i don't know what we're gonna do to beat it but we watched nope oh how was that oh my goodness so it's directed by jordan peele who kills his movies i mean he brings the freshest of he's like the produce section of horror movies like (laughs) he is it's just so fresh and different and unique it is i think it's my it's definitely my favorite movie that he's done so far really probably by us by a by a, a nice margin too like and i really liked um get out and us quite a bit what's nope is an alien movie right kinda Okay, it's, yeah. Don't spoil it for me. Yeah, yeah I'm not gonna spoil it for anyone. It's just like you think you're like, oh yeah, I'm going in for like an alien like horror, and it's like kinda yeah, kinda, but like kinda not. Oh, and that's all I'm gonna say, but it's just fun. And I don't personally like horror movies that ruin my night. You know? Yeah. That are just like so fucked up that you're just like, ugh. And this was delightful. Everything you want it to be while you're watching it, you're like, ooh, kind of shaking your boots a little bit, but you like you can walk out to your car and drive home without like being scared at all you know yeah um get out really struck me that was a that's a that's a heavy movie it was heavy it was, that was a lot more traumatic than this yeah, one yeah sure. okay cool yeah because um, i've seen get out a couple times now and man like the tears coming out of, out of that guy's eyes and just yeah whoa, that movie hits just, like a freight train the way that there's just like the creeping dread in that movie where it's just everything creeping is so dread, fine yeah. everything is so perfectly okay for a long time and get out like he stretches it so far past the point where things would start going wrong in a regular horror movie and he almost does the opposite in this one like way too early you're like holy shit like it's great (laughs) cool it's like like i said it's so fresh it's like you think with the horror movie it's so like when the mirror gets when the medicine cabinet mirror gets closed there's someone behind it's just like we all know what's gonna happen in this movie you don't and it's just great and then sometimes you do and it's like refreshing and nice and it's just what an amazingly skillful and cool to watch transition from like being like a sketch comedy guy to like a very serious like art maker. A really funny sketch co- sketch comedy guy like yeah I mean, brilliant yeah key and peel is incredible I, i've watched all of those yeah like what can that man do not well i wonder and like there's some shots of his movies that are just like gorgeous you're like what a shot yeah, it's like how like Donald Glover is like this really excellent actor, but also the music he makes is just fantastic too. Yeah, and then you see him on like Sway, and he's just like killing his freestyle game. You're like, who is this person? Yeah, he's amazing, just a genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but yeah, awesome. I very much recommend Nope. Um, and oh, you recommended a horror movie to me a couple weeks ago. I think I put it in my phone, and I might 
push that one for next week's. What is it? The ritual. The ritual. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. One second. The ritual. Will it ruin my night? And I gotta have a couple that do that. You know, that's okay. Might cross a line or two for you. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I don't know like okay. what your like exact constitution is of movies. I mean, Demon I would say stuff the, gets me. The ritual definitely really delivers, in my opinion. Okay. Like that was like one of my favorite movies of the last couple of years. I th- I know a lot of people don't really like it very much. Is um, it demon stuff? No. Okay. It's like old god stuff. Oh. It's like okay. old like Scandinavian stuff. Oh, that's kind of demon stuff. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, but it's not like it's not like you know something's like poking out of some like eight year old girl's throat or something. Right, you know what I mean? Right. It's not that. Wow, old Scandinavian gods. That's a unique. It's angle. so good. I just bought the book and I love the movie and like apparently the ending for the book is a little bit different. And I've never read anything by Adam Neville before. Um, and Adam Neville apparently has a couple other uh, books, like uh, Cunning Folk is supposed to be really good. He writes like folklore, like woodsy horror. Okay. Uh, and I'm really into that kind of stuff. So Yeah, it's kind of a unique take. That's really cool. Uh, I also watched a movie that I really need to recommend to everyone. I just like saw it and was like, this looks fun. I need to distract myself for a few hours and put it on and just kept being like, how have I never heard how have i never heard of this it's called uh love and monsters oh yeah you texted me about that yeah i was so hyped after watching it's everything i want in a movie and it was like fun and adventuresome and like brave and just a story about like overcoming tremendous odds for love and like freedom and growth and just it's really really fun and cool and like full of love and monsters Uh this looks awesome i want to watch this and the monsters are awesome. Oh, this looks and so it's cool. Funny and adventurous. It was just like I said, it's everything I want in a movie. And I ended it being like, I am amazed I stumbled across this and I wasn't it wasn't like recommended to me like the Lego movie when it came out five times in two days, you know? <laughs> I love the Lego movie. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's directed by so good. Uh, I was directed by Michael Matthews. Uh, the main actor is Dylan O'Brien. The love interest is Jessica Henwick, who is stole my heart, just gorgeous and really, really good actress. Though it's very much a Dylan O'Brien like led movie, didn't quite get the the action that it deserved because it came out in October 2020, which is a very unfortunate time to release a movie. That's why it was never because I was like, this must have just come out, and no, it's like two years old. And it was because it came out in the, the worst pandemic. possible time <laughs> you could have released a movie. Have you heard? <laughs> I just heard about this the other day, and I'm I'm really into it. Um. The idea that you're you have like your regular age, but then you have your if you adjust for the pandemic, like your age. So thirty. So yeah, like we're we're like twenty. Yeah, you're you're thirty, and your birthday is coming up in like like ten days, right? Like really soon. Yeah, twenty sixth of this month. The twenty sixth. Yeah, cool. So like, so you'll be thirty three, like really Uh soon. Um. Okay. So and I'm getting you cool stuff for your birthday. Yeah, don't worry about it but <laughs> so you're you would be 30 if you adjust because i think you're supposed to take out 2020 2021 and 2022 okay yeah because we were always being like man this this year sucks and that's been like happening for a few years in yeah. a row <clears throat> yeah we'll see about next year but um because <laughs> you never know because uh, remember everybody was like oh 2016 it's like the worst year ever like 2016 that was like a running joke that 2016 mm-hmm. was the worst and then 2020 was just like hey everybody no move aside <laughs> um but anyway yeah so i would be 29 which i like you know back in my yeah, 20s, 29 was a good year yeah i feel great I, i'm i feel rejuvenated you, you know, look so, great thank you yeah so yeah, you. you look 29 thank and, you uh, if you're listening right now you probably look three years younger 
I feel like seven years older, but <laughs> maybe that's just me. Nothing like a pandemic to add some city miles to you. Pandemic. <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, how's your week been? Uh, it's been really good. I've been watching that show Arcane. I have like two episodes <gasps> left. Wow. What, what a show. The hell? Like, what the hell? I... That is such a quality television show. Oh, my yes. God. It is so... It is. It... I couldn't believe how good it was. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And it was coming hot off the heels of Rings of Power, which I was like pretty, you know, like lukewarm about. There were some parts of it that I really liked and there were a lot that I didn't. Arcane is just this, it's so well thought out. The characters are amazing. The art style is incredible. The music is fine. Uh, I don't like Imagine Dragons very much. (laughs) Oh, you don't? I love a magic dra- magic. Really? Uh, yeah. I, don't like I mean, I know exactly why you don't like them, and I fully respect it. But I man. have never been more happy that there's a skip intro button on a TV show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're going to do a whole episode on Arcane, so we'll talk about that more later. But I really, really love it. I feel like we're going to be eaten alive by the League of Legends like, crowd, you know, because I don't know anything yeah, about it. I've fine. never even played it, but I love the show. Whatever. I don't care anymore. <laughs> eat, us, eat us alive. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and emails. <laughs> let's uh, also read the book eaters like it quite a bit. We're going to do an episode on that pretty soon. I finally started the fifth season by N.K. <gasps> Jemison. Wow. 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 Oh, my God. Like people were not kidding. That, yeah, no, they're not. That wasn't a like, joke. Geological fantasy. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's oh, like once I. So the first like 20 or so pages of that book is it's like what the hell is going on right now this is so and then i pushed past it as you should with epic high fantasy always always push past the first 20 or 30 pages and then once i started putting things together oh my god what a what an absolutely brilliant book i'm more than halfway through it right now i'm getting it i they're like ah chad it's so good it's It's so good good. like i but you're crushing it too Uh, last time i was talking to you which is always, uh, you have not. Yeah, I started it yesterday morning, and I'm Whoa. already over halfway through it. And, and I've been neglecting huge books, but they're not tiny. No, this one's 450 pages, and I'll probably finish it like tomorrow or the next day. I mean, I wow. and because I want to read this whole, tri- I want to like bust out it. this trilogy. It's so good. Oh, it's like I'm eating it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the characters, it's switching from second person to third person. It's all right. present tense. Like she's messing with all kinds of different conventions. But the way that the lore and the world building is all set up, it's like it's so much through dialogue and the conversations that these people are having with each other. And it's so uh, it's such a fantastic example of showing versus telling. And I feel dropped like right into this world. And the, the best touch so far that I've seen is these giant obelisks just hovering in the air and nobody yeah. knows why they're there. Like, no, and they, they, there's multiple conversations where they're like, oh, well, there were civilizations in the past that obviously were able to deal with these, you know, giant, like, um, apocalyptic events. And, you know, we can see the remnants of their technology and their society and stuff, but obviously they couldn't make it. So, but why is all this stuff still laying around? Like, and uh, like, why are these obelisks still hanging up in the sky? Like, oh, and it paints such a great picture, just a little touch like that. And it's such a good lesson in writing and world building and stuff. And it's like, if you can just set something a little bit off kilter and mm-hmm. keep referencing it, it's that, it's that easy to imagine in your head. So you've got like a normal landscape and there's ash falling from the sky and stuff, but there's just these silent gigantic obelisks just floating in the sky. And they just kind of mention it now and then. 
and they're so like normal it's like our moon you know they've mm-hmm. always been there but nobody knows where they came came from or yeah. what purpose they serve or anything i really hope that they end up serving some kind of purpose later i mean the third third book the second book is called the obelisk gate so but this is what i was worried not worried but this is what i knew was going to happen with nk jemison because i'm going to read i want to read the whole dream blood duology i want to read the inheritance trilogy i want to read um the other trilogy that she's working on right now i want to read how long till black future month i want like she this we woman to get her is, on the podcast i doubt she I, we are not smart enough to talk to nk jemison <laughs> i'll be done <laughs> I'm cool with that. I'm cool we can even that. start off by being like, hey, listen, we had a conversation about it. And we're both really intimidated because we know that you're smarter. And like, don't try to tell us, oh, we're not. Because like, no, no platitudes are necessary here. Just like, no, just we're humor going us, please. Yeah. We'll ask you the best questions we can. She is, she is a, what a talent, man. Like, what a gigantic talent of a writer. Like, and mm-hmm. I love how she kind of she throws in like modern vernacular and colloquialisms and stuff and just doesn't give a shit about it. It's fine. Right. Like she's getting the point across. She's so economical and efficient with her writing. Like it's just it's just plugging away. It's just moving along, you know? And there's no there's no like like you're always in a character's head, like f- thinking and feeling the way that they are. There's no giant info dumps of lore or anything. And it's just uh I could talk for seriously like hours about the first 200 pages that I've read. And that's not even starting to cover the other themes that she's tackling in this, which are very re- relevant to oh, yeah. modern things that are going on that we can all relate to or that, or that we, you know, personally as white people like can't relate to. And right. it's just like, it's so much to think about even in the first 200 pages. It's so unique, but it's also so... It's fantasy. Yeah, there's a very appropriate and homey and proper comforting use of... of, of common tropes but they're so unique and presented as such that it's like a new thing or like an old thing repackaged and then right about when you're like okay yeah running and hiding i get it and then whoa totally different and then whoa totally different and it's just yeah showing versus telling it's very effectively done yeah you've got like the academy school you know what i mean like that's you know the the fulcrum mm-hmm. like where all these like orogenes go but the orogenes are like this oppressed class of people that nobody seems to understand and everybody's afraid of them like that's a cool twist and that's i know that that's cool been twist. done before but it's like the twist is that these people are responsible for the earth staying intact like right. ugh not shaking God. itself to pieces like let's it's so that class it's so so refreshing you know to just for something to live up to the massive amounts of hype that it's gotten yeah it's kind of scary to go into that at that point you've had it pushed on you hard it, like i mean these are the books that whenever i mention on my tiktok or instagram or even you know i've gotten messages from us talking about it on the podcast where people are like I can't believe you haven't read these. You know, like <laughs> seriously, Evan, you are you are running pages and you've got hours of content, hundreds of hours, and you've never read the Broken Earth trilogy. Well, here like, we you go. How many awards that thing won? <laughs> like, I like really don't have anything. I mean, I've got you know another two and a half books to read at this point, but um, I don't have any real like. Just I'm just loving it. I'm loving falter. it so much. And they it's, don't get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm kind of tired of this. It's like. I can already, I can already, wraps. I can already tell this is going to be like probably one of my favorite series I've read this year. Um, and it's got some stiff competition too. I mean, the books of Babel was incredible. Oh goodness. It was so good. David Bad was really good. Winter Night was really good. Fucking uh, like Greenbone Saga. Like, Ugh. there's some there's some heavy hitter hitters that I've read this year, and this is already at the end of the year. We're gonna have to do like a 
our year in review as far as the books that we reviewed and maybe like rank them or maybe put them in like that's a really good idea yeah the best and then we'll have like three categories you know and that way we don't have like a last place you know because i'm sure we'll differ on some of our opinions that we can fight about it let's fight uh i also started another series um where she did yep uh this one is the a deal with a demon series by katie robert it's like fantasy romance um the first book is called the dragon's bride it's about a girl named Briar Rose who kind of gets out of an abusive relationship and signs a contract and goes into a realm of like demons essentially and is like married to one of them. And it's, <laughs> I'm only like a third of the way through it, but it's really cool so far. Is he a hot demon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's really, he's like, he's like a dragon though. It's like, Ooh. she, she doesn't spare any details in saying like this guy has a literal dragon face. Okay, so um, just remember that. <laughs> and it's really How good. How does he yeah. like make out? I don't know. I haven't gotten that huh. far yet. We'll Sounds see. sharp. Maybe it shifts around or something, or maybe yeah. she's just cool with it. We'll, like a we'll, snout we'll would out. be kind of difficult to to mac on, you know. I think if you like someone enough, though, you just you find a way. Yeah, you know? totally. You make it work. Um, yeah. But it's really cool so far. Uh, I haven't read any Katie Robert yet. I've heard really good things about her, and I like the writing so far a lot. You know, it's playful, it's fun, good pacing, pretty good on descriptions, and I've, I probably haven't read enough romance this year, so I'm going to read a little bit more. I am also going to, if I can interrupt you real fast, yeah. one of my um, awesome book book besties um, online, Amber Nicole, wrote the Book of Azrael. And she sent it to me, and I'm really stoked Ooh, to read it because nice. I've just been watching it hyped, and the cover is so beautiful. And uh, they posted for a vibrant review of the Book of Azrael. Look at us reading romance as we should be. Romance is always a good time. And then uh, I, I, I've got Billy Summers by Stephen King just sitting on my shelf, and I was about to start it, and then I started the fifth season, and I'm reading The Book Eaters, and I'm still reading series of unfortunate events, and I. I'm reading the the Katie Roberts stuff. So Stephen King, you're going to have to just wait a little bit. I got to finish some other stuff. I'm going to try to get Billy Summers read, but we're also moving into the Dark Tower this month. So maybe the Gunslinger will be like my quote unquote Stephen King book of the month. I think I, mean, I can dude, technically, I think I can technically do that, but it's also technically a reread. Technically so. do that. <laughs> we'll see. Like you said your good thing was to read a Stephen King book every month and you're going to do that. In fact, you're going to read like yeah. four that month. Yeah. Well, so we'll probably get two of five. Them. Also um, on that note, uh, thanks Sarah for sending me misery. I'm really looking forward to ooh. reading it. Yeah. So Sarah, you Hold are that up. really I awesome. See it. Let me see the cover. Oh, that's a good one. That's a cool cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really cool. Read that. And it is really, it's like, it's spooky season from Sarah. Sarah, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. Please read that as soon yeah, as you I'm can. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because you recommended this because I asked, like, which one would you like recommend yeah, I start with? The, and this was one really of the ones that you one. said I should start with. So, yeah. Thank you uh, very much, Sarah. Um, also, before we head over to the fictional fun fact, I want to say I finished the Thrawn trilogy. I finished the Timothy Zahn Thrawn trilogy, Star Wars Legends. It was so cool. It was so good. Um, The Last Command, I think, was my favorite so far uh, of all of the first one. It's the third one. Like, oh, it's the third one. Yeah, it goes uh, Heir to the Empire, and then Dark Force Rising, and then The Last Command. Folks, if you've never read any Star Wars books, pick up the Thrawn trilogy because it's like 
it's like a continuation from Return of the Jedi. It's it yes. picks up five years later. The audiobooks are amazing. It's like it was like I got to watch three Star Wars movies that I'd never seen before. It's very yeah. relevant and easy to get into. It's not like because like standing there looking at the Star Wars wall in Barnes and Noble can be kind of an intimidating. Like, what am I even doing here? Where do I start? Am I gonna what? Which one of these do I need to have read in order to understand these ones? And like these ones are perfect. If you're just trying to like take a nice little stroll into Star Wars land book journey and it's they're perfect. I will say like the, they're a little bit they're not confusing, but they're kind of convoluted and they're kind of like they bounce around so much. Yeah, they are. It's it's so much of those three books is like, OK, we got to go over here and we got to go over here and then we got to go into hyperspace. We got to go over here. Oh, my God, we're getting attacked. We got to escape. We got to go over here. And it's just it's so much jumping around that I kind of forget like where everybody's at sometimes because there'll be there's like a Han Solo storyline and a Leia storyline and a Luke storyline. And then like the stuff with Captain Pelion and Thrawn and like yeah. Sabaoth and like just there's so many different things going on and they're all jumping around to different planets all the time. And so it's like and Star Wars authors will be like. Look at my Star Wars knowledge. Let's I know, I know. For a while. Oh my god! Oh my, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like it'll be describing like Timothy Zahn. I want to I want to throw him some some massive massive praise though because he wrote these in the early nineties. No internet, no. He just knew what all this stuff. How did was. you even like, learn? I don't stuff? know, but like, it's so library? specific. Like I don't know what a B wing is, you know. I got Wikipedia Britannica. Oh, this like this interdictor cruiser and this star destroyer <laughs> yeah. and this B wing and the X wing and an A wing and it's just like this dreadnought this class and then like the star destroyer this <laughs> class and it's there's so many different names of ships and that's just the ships, right? And then there's all the races and then there's right. all the languages and like and the ships have like functions and things in them and machines right yeah like, there's oh, all this different technology droids. that i have no idea what any of it does and the, yeah the droids just <laughs> i can't give anything away but there's like there's a part there's there's a part in this trilogy where there's like this mystery that's kind of been in there <laughs> since like the beginning of the second book yeah. and then we finally figure out what the mystery was and it's just like this technology i don't understand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like okay sure sure, sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's supposed to be like this. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. And spoil it's like it, a big but... reveal that you're just like, what? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I will I will kind of be off and on reading Star Wars books. I'm going to read Darth Plagueis soon because I think oh, that's really? a standalone. Um, and then I've got Red Harvest back here, which is like a spooky, like almost like Ooh. a horror. Um, I think there's a prequel or a sequel to it. I'm not sure. It's, it's like Star a duology. Wars? Yeah, it's like a scary Star Wars book. Interesting. Um, and then I have uh, The Princess and the Scoundrel, the, the Han Solo Leia uh, Organa kind of like love oh, story yeah, book. Yeah. I got that. Um, so that looks pretty the cool. Princess and the Scoundrel. What a yeah. great name. And then um, I want to read the uh, the Darth Bane trilogy. Also, apparently that one's really good. But then you could read like Rogue Squadron, which is like ten books or something. Um, and then I think there's like, uh, and that's all Star Wars Legends. And then you got the other canon, which has got the Thrawn Ascendancy books and like a bunch of other wild stuff that I don't even. That's like a whole different timeline, whole different characters, whole I've different read everything. The Thrawn books, but I, I don't think I've read any other Star Wars. Does Timothy Zahn write a bunch of other Star Wars books as well? Is that like what his no, thing? Or no, no um, just those. Um, Timothy Zahn wrote a few of the Halo books as well. Oh wow, which I have never read. I did read a StarCraft book once, and it was really cool. It was like a horror, and like someone's ship crash uh, lands on a Zerg planet. And they just like are all alone on this Zerg. Oh, it's terrifying. 
Um, it looks like he did uh, another Star Wars book called Spectre of the Past, another one called Vision of the Future. Um, yeah, I don't. He's done a lot of short stories. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm going to read some more of his stuff, and I mean, obviously, the other things that were written by other authors in the Star Wars Legends, and maybe make my way over to the other universe. But Star Wars, um, it's funny. I've never really been a gigantic Star Wars fan, but. There's just something so cozy about it. Everybody kind of wins in the end. There's some really deep stuff in there, but it never gets like way over your head or anything. And it's right. just, it's just like a nice. Every planet has like one flora fauna system. It's like nice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to remember like literally everything about everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my weekend review. I got a lot of stuff done. It's cool. Yeah, you did. That's a fun yeah. week. Let's head right over to the fictional fun fact. All right. Well, I tried to pick one um, that was a little apropos to my week because, uh, as I told you, I had a little dalliance with The Hobbit. So this one is about the return of the king. And it had been a solid like two weeks since we, had, uh, you know, gushed about Lord of the Rings. So I figured, you know, it's time. It's about time. Yeah. Yeah. So the return of the king is the only fantasy film in history to have ever won the Best Picture Oscar and holds the distinction of sweeping the highest number of nominations with 11 <laughs> out of 11 wins, which is justice. Like, it's just justice. so, it's proper, you know? It's like, yeah. oh it's, man, it's just like when the good wins and everyone thinks that's how it should have worked. Like, yep, totally. It is the best movie, one of the best to have ever been made. It's funny, I don't really have very many, like, memories of watching the oscars um because i never cared that much about it but i did watch the oscars in was it 2004 2003 2004 something like that whatever year the oscars they won all those oscars i i did watch that one and it was so wild even at like 13 14 years old i still remember thinking this is crazy like they are <laughs> Peter Jackson, like huffing his puffers way up to the theater, uh, stage again like, i'm not too worked out enough can you imagine like can you imagine dressing up and going getting in a limo your whole career like everything is just it, it's all culminating in this one night that's like oh, debatable man. whether or not it really right. means anything but anyway there's a lot put it's like on a lot of politics and, like, yeah, weirdness. And, yeah but like you, you dress up, you look your best, you're getting pictures taken of you, everything's, it's this magical night, and then yeah, you go you have, and like, you sit blue down, walls and behind you with a bunch of words on them that you take pictures, great. <laughs> and then for like three hours straight, this fantasy movie is just winning everything, like literally just making everything. laps. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet a lot of those people that are sitting there they were probably like, yeah, I saw it. It was pretty awesome, you know? Yeah, and I'm <laughs> yeah, sure there's okay. like a couple actors who were like, they asked me to be in it. I thought it was going to be a dumb fantasy movie, but for yeah, nerds. And- <laughs> special, special fictional fun fact. Apparently, Sean Connery was actually approached to play um, Gandalf, and he said really? no. Because he, he wanted to go work on um, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> such a piece of shit movie. It's such a piece like- of shit movie, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's like it's, a... It's okay. it's like a uh, Jack in the Box uh, 007 film, you know. It's like a. It's okay. It's it's, it's okay. It's a fun. It's a it's a romp. Yeah, yeah. It's a romp. And Lord of the Rings is one of it, it is the best movies ever made. I don't think Sean Connery <laughs> would have been a good Gandalf anyway. Though. No, it would have been, been terrible. Okay, but not Ian yeah. McKellen. Yeah, wizard is never late. He's exactly when he, <laughs> he arrives. Exactly <laughs> when he intends to. <laughs> I actually just tweeted today that it's about time for another lord of the rings marathon and you know i might i don't have a whole lot of time 
to set Dude, aside. Dude, we were for... synced internally. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I think um, I might not be able to do it all in like two days or like one day. Like you would I literally want to. Only got through half a movie. <laughs> yeah, but I've I've seen those movies so many times at this point that I could really just have it on like while playing my Switch or something. And like then The just, Office. Yeah, like just pause it and then watch like the really important scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to play my Switch while Gandalf is being taken down by a Balrog. Like I'm going to watch that. I have to give that my attention right. and like, my respect. Helm's will probably just be fully focused upon. Right, but you know, the other parts. Yeah. Like I've, I've probably seen the very beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. That's pro- My eyes have probably looked at that piece of media <laughs> Like more like the first like 45 minutes of fellowship of the ring just like falling asleep to it as a kid mm-hmm. and like just i've probably seen that more than like any other screen like thing yeah i, I mean the like flute songs being played i don't know what instrument it is for the hobbit um, I think it's a fife technically a fife interesting um it's just like like mother's cookies you know they're just it's just <laughs> It's just, uh, it's home. It's perfect. Yeah, it's it perfect. deserves every award that it won and more. And more. Yeah, they should never made up see a its new like. Award. I saw a take on not to bring not to dredge up Rings of Power again, but I saw a take on Reddit that I kind of agree with. Um, that like, if you look at Rings of Power not as a, not as an adaptation of like the Silmarillion or the appendices or whatever, but as like an intentional prequel to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies. If if okay. you kind of look at it like that, it kind of makes more sense. I'm not saying that's what they were doing, but it's like right. for peace of mind. It's like that's why they bring in Gandalf, you know. Like that's why Galadriel's got a little bit more of an edge to her, you know. It's like not that she does in the Jackson movies, but she does have that scene mm-hmm. with Frodo and you know, in place of a dark lord, he shall have a queen. Like, yeah. um, but that's like a whole complicated thing. Anyway, um, if you kind of look at it like that, it's like the same. It's, there's a lot of the same tone of rings of power as there is to lord of the rings or the the peter jackson movies and in that there are some very kind of like um like high-minded like turns of phrase and like speech and and just i get it like i kind of get it um i don't think that they hit that mark personally but like right. if you kind of I, I mean musically they did well no they didn't <laughs> yeah i mean you're competing with you got close. The music and like, the music in Rings of Power is one of my favorite parts. It was fantastic. Yeah. But whenever kinda... I talk a little bit of shit about it, I always say relative to the movies, it was not very good. But relative to like every other show, it, it was a good show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, to kind of round it back onto this this series, this one movie that won eleven Oscars, it's like <laughs> I mean <laughs> The Peter Jackson movies are so good, and it's a They're really good so example of like amazing. the lore. The you you don't have to stick to every bit of the lore to make a mm-hmm. good, and that's the point that I've been trying to drive home so much about Rings of Power is like I don't care. Throw right. all the lore out. I don't make care me about a it. Just, good yeah. movie. And it's like with the Peter Jackson movies, it's like they cut out Tom Bombadil. They had they cut right. out Glorfindel. They had Faramir was way more of an asshole than he was ever in the books. Yeah, like and the way that they okay. killed off Saruman, completely ridiculous. Like the totally. they got rid of the entire scouring of the Shire, which is like a right. giant part. Could they got rid of the Barrow Downs. They got, rid of, they got rid of so much stuff. They changed over uh, Aragorn's whole arc. You know, mm-hmm. they did. They took a lot of liberties with the Peter Jackson movies, but it won 11 Oscars and they did it. They did it really well. Right. And so 
it's like when people say like oh rings of power isn't very good because they didn't stick to the lore it's like that's not why it's not good like that's not why it's because it's because the whole thing feels a little bit tone deaf you know like the whole thing feels like kind of a stock fantasy show when you've got these other things that have so much more character to them and you know it's probably riding on the coattails of nostalgia a little bit but so is rings of power i mean we know who all these characters are like this working it's tugging on our heartstrings too but yeah i mean um not to turn this into another rings of power episode or anything (laughs) but but yeah it's just you know the the peter jackson movies just like if those came out today they'd still win 11 oscars they would still win 11 oscars yeah i think they were they are i mean they obviously are the best movies to be ever made but i will go so far as to say they will be the best movies that have ever ever will be made like they're just and they're so special too because they're at a very cool time and that computer graphics are possible to make magic real make it look very good but not so advanced that everything's computer graphics like they built helms deep yeah it's almost like the computer graphics that were available at the time were there to enhance the practical effects yes. you know yes which is like cooler it adds a real feel to it you know that's kind of why um like that that new dark crystal show was really cool because they used a lot of practical effects but they used cgi to kind of like beef them up a little bit and make everything look a little more magical and cool but still they didn't make it all cgi yeah (laughs) those puppets still it that crosses the uh the uncanny valley a little bit sometimes like (laughs) there's just some like uncanny valley like just there is some like really weird stuff I think that's maybe one of the, not not the main reason, but one of the reasons that the like Dark Crystal Age of Resistance like got not as great of a reception is because I think some <laughs> people that weren't like super enamored with the movie were like, what the hell is what this? Hell? Oh, this dude, I, so I was weird. like, what the hell is this? But I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Really good. And I'll just like never get those <laughs> the Skeksis <laughs> out of my head. No, they're there to stay. Oh my gosh, they're the best. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our Monday Morning Minute. I hope that you're having a great start to your week. Thank you for making us part of your morning. We really loved having you as part of ours. Of course, we have a Patreon. We have a Discord. We've got a YouTube channel. We've both got Instagram pages and TikToks. Go follow and everything. Um, Also, make sure to rate this podcast on whatever platform that you're on. Leave a review if that's possible. It really helps us with the algorithm and everything. Gets us pushed out to a bunch of new people and makes it so much more likely that Chad and I can do this as a career, which would be yeah. Fantastic. Please drink our essence. <laughs> Jesus, I had to quote the Skeksis. Yeah, you did. You, you super had to, Chad. It was <laughs> so did. required that you. Everyone did that was expecting right it. <laughs> Everybody, hope you have an awesome rest of your day, and of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.